0: When it comes to ADHD, one of the biggest challenges that we struggle with is focus. We beat ourselves up and label ourselves as procrastinators because we just can't force ourselves to sit down, stay focused and do things when we need to do them. But is focus the issue or is it actually just a symptom of another problem? And could procrastination actually be good for people with ADHD? On today's episode, we're exploring these questions and lots more as we talk about working memory with special guest, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper, also the host of Attention Talk Radio. We'll learn what working memory is, what we use it for, and the science behind why ADHDers struggle with it so much more than neurotypical people. We'll also go through a simple exercise to test your working memory at home and discuss a few tips and hacks you can use to improve yours. Let's get into it. Welcome to Proudly ADHD, at work and in business. I'm your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome back, Jeff. What an honor to have you back again. Our last conversation about mindset and ADHD just just blew my mind. And also my listeners, my audience had a lot of positive feedback. And I know you shared that content back in your side of the house too. So let's, let's make some magic again. And this time we're going to talk about working memory. And I'm going to start with, with something that one of my mentors said from the ADD Coach Academy. And she said, with add imagine a, a normal, a neurotypical, whatever you want to call it, a non-ADHD brain can hold up to seven sticky notes in front of their brain, and they can hold on to those memories. Now, for an ADHD brain, that's about four sticky notes. That's how much we can hold on at a time. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought about myself and the situation and my clients and all of that, it makes absolute sense. Just light bulbs went off. So tell us about why we should even care about working memory and ADHD.
1: Well, first of all, let's just talk about what working memory is. It is an executive functioning. And to me, it's the elephant in the room. We talk a lot about attention and focus. And when somebody's having some challenges with their working memory, it is a focus issue. In as much as if their working memory is overtaxed, they're apt to escape to Xbox, YouTube, or the internet, or something like that. But if you're not solving for the working memory problem, you're not actually solving for it. So for me, a lot of times the symptom it looks like a, a focus issue, but it's really a working memory challenge. And if you don't resolve the working memory side, you're going to forever kind of chase that down. So I also want to understand that working memory is not necessarily short-term memory; it's working memory, and you're doing stuff. And so to illustrate that, I first want to start by reading the definition of working memory and then we'll kind of go from there so working memory is the ability to hold thoughts in your mind while organizing and sequencing them without forgetting them now i'm going to read this again working memory is the ability to hold thoughts in your mind while organizing and sequencing them without forgetting them okay yeah working memory has two sides there's visual imagery, the ability to see the picture, and there's um, verbal working memory, which is self-talk. We all talk to ourselves in our head, mm-hmm. okay? And so I just read that definition, but really to understand what this is, I'd like to do a little attention exercise.
0: Go for it. I'm getting angry Kathy, already, but go for it.
1: That's okay. I'm gonna say five words in a second slowly, okay? As I say them, please do not write them down. And if you feel the urge to repeat the word after I say it, please don't. Okay. So I'm gonna say the five words and when I'm done, I want you to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order.
0: I'm like my, I'm intense right now, go.
1: (laughs) Teacher, zebra, kangaroo, bumblebee, hippopotamus. Oh, bumblebee, kangaroo, teacher,
0: zebra, Oh, I miss Hippopotamus.
1: <laughs> yep. Here's the thing. For the people that are listening out there watching, what I want you to understand in this situation is you didn't learn anything new.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what all those, those uh, words are. You could actually visualize them if you wanted to. And you know what the alphabetical order was. But what you had to do is you had to load the words into your mind. You had to pay attention to them individually and reorder them without forgetting them. Mm-hmm. That's what working memory is. It's just not remembering seven things or five things, it's manipulating them, moving them around, sequencing them, organizing. And one of the things that I enjoy is when I read the definition to you, Kathy, I could kind of see your face and you're like trying to visualize Mm -hmm. what that was really like. I put you in the experience and gave you the words so it's easier for you to see what I'm talking about. And it's fun because I you read the working definition to everybody, but it requires your working memory to actually understand that concept. it's hard to picture that's why I put people in that particular experience And the issue really is is if you have ADHD and your working memory's taxed you're trying to juggle too many things in your mind it's exhausting and you just escape. Is this making sense? Yeah absolutely So working memory as, and that's just it's just the, the manipulation of those things but one of the things that we talked about I said is you've got to load those words into your mind mm-hmm. okay? Loading those words in your mind is like when you go to your computer and you hit the power button, what happens is your software, the operating system is being taken out of the hard drive and moved into random access memory. In other words, it's being loaded in and getting all the tools and all the software out for you to begin to work. Metaphorically, when you sit down to do a project or maybe write a blog or something, you've got all these thoughts that are kind of like in your filing cabinet in the back of your head. You've got to load them. You've got to bring them up into your prefrontal forecast where your working memory is. That process of booting up your mind on a particular topic, I fashion it, is like a computer. If, if you load everything up on a computer and you start working and the electricity goes out and it goes blank, you actually have to boot up all over again. So in that little exercise where you had those five words, you had to load them in your mind. It was, there were just five words that were really pretty easy. But if you had maybe five really complicated concepts, mm-hmm. that can take time. It, for people with ADHD, it can take 10, 15 minutes. So when somebody talks about, I'm having a hard time getting into the flow, yeah, or I'm struggling with transitions, what we're talking about there is the booting up of your working memory. The loading in, again, those five words were really, really easy, but if you were to sit down and think about, maybe your taxes, like, okay, what do I need? Oh, I need my 1099s and my W-2s, and you got to load all that stuff up and think about all the forms and where they all are, it takes a while. It's very effortful for that all to happen, and people with ADHD, they struggle with working memory because in that, in that analogy where we where we boot up our computer, of with ADHD will sit down at a table and they will like a dining room table and they will like load all the thoughts and ideas into their mind. And maybe the spouse will come up and say, Hey, and the person with ADHD will bite their head off.
0: Yes. Many The times. reason that
1: happens is the person with, and they're frustrated because if they stop what they're doing and they pay attention to the spouse, they will have to start from the beginning again to reboot their mind. So emotionally, they lash out because it's unproductive for them to start over again.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that interruption, it literally, it's like glass shattering for me because, and that's why for me, some of the heavy work that I do, if my little child is around, I don't do it when she's around. I have to, I do mundane tasks where I don't have to use my working memory.
1: Well, see, this is important because you're understanding that mundane tasks are really relatively easy to schedule. Sometimes if you have a project that's complicated, you've got to boot up your mind. And sometimes you have to do what I call insightful thinking, which is it's it's more than we're getting to, but it's trial and error thinking. Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting there and you're booting up and you're running scenarios in your mind, maybe you're trying to write a paper and you're trying to figure out right the right angle or you've got to confront somebody To persuade them to do something for you, you're trying to figure out how am I going to say this? What's the sequence of words? How am I going to put those five words together logically in the way that makes some sense, but also in the same way that they're going to interpret the way I want them to and get them to change their mind? Mm. That process is a working memory. You're going through that stuff, and people with ADHD struggle with that. And so often, they'll sit down it's very difficult for them to get their head into it and as they're running through those things if they are interrupted and they have to keep starting over they get frustrated and so when i'm coaching people with adhd the booting up concept is a big deal because to understand what's going on and every day you can begin to like if you understand this concept and you watch your behavior you can be, begin to understand things so let me just give you a just a made up scenario it's 11:30 you've got a lunch at noon. You've got a project to do, but you're not doing it. You're rearranging your sock drawer. Well, let's think of this. If you started at 1130 and got your mind into it, let's say it took you five minutes to boot up your mind to really get into that flow, and you start manipulating your thoughts for about five minutes, and you look up and go, I got to get to lunch. If I got to leave now 10 minutes before noon in order to get there. What happens is you started the thinking process, but you're just starting it. And you haven't been able to get that far. You don't document. So then you go to lunch and you come back. Literally, you have to start over. That's right. literally you have to start over. So people with ADHD will emotionally label themselves. I'm procrastinating, which is like shaming yourself. Like it's like, like you're a clown or you're an idiot. It doesn't do it. But you're saying that I'm a procrastinator. And the legitimate reason why you didn't do it is not that you didn't do it. It's just, why did, why would you start and start over again? Mm-hmm. So If we understand this, we can begin to explain why a lot of times it's not procrastination. I'm putting it off because of efficiency. Why would I want to keep starting over again? So in your case, you might go do some really easy things to get that cleared out. But the problem with this is if people with ADHD, if they don't know this is taking place and they don't schedule for it, they never make time for it. And so... In a work environment, a lot of times when things are kind of moving, people are kind of coming, and going. those projects that require booting up, get pushed off and pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And, you know, Kathy, in my world, I coach Monday through Thursday. I do not coach on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll do things like this on Friday, but it's my day where I've got some really heavy lifting, like I've got to do some writing or I got to do some content stuff. Nobody's around. It's my day where I can sit uninterrupted for a period of time to get those types of things done. And it's efficient for me, but I've scheduled my week around that. Is this making sense to you?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I love the concept of booting up time because that's huge. Because for me, one of the things about this, this whole fascinating thing about ADHD neurology and understanding it is once you understand the science behind it, you no longer have to latch on to the labels the the boxes that people put us in or we put ourselves in and it just makes it that much easier so there goes the point again is understand the explanation of it so that you know how to work with it and by you saying booting up time that's amazing because if i have a piece of work that i need to get done i'm going to give it 10 minutes of booting up period at the beginning And another 10 minutes of booting out to transition out of it, because I'm going to hyper-focus the hell in there. But in that in-between, so I'm going in with a different mindset, right? I'm going in with with ease, with like, I got this.
1: That's so powerful. And and so often people just sit there and say that this booting up process, it's invisible to them. They don't know what's happening. They're not planning for it. So it's that notion of, hey, I've got to sit down and do my taxes. I got to schedule the time and I need to expect to boot up. Now, when you begin to understand that process, you can begin to plan around it. So for me, all my clients are a project. And so what I do when I'm coaching them, I make some notes. And what I do every time I get done, I hang up and I have a service called Copy Talk. It's a dictation service. And I dictate a stream of consciousness. It's not really that organized. It's just I look at the words on the page and I blah, 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 and I'll say, and their homework is X. It gets transcribed. And so what happens is about 30 seconds before a client calls me, I'll skim my notes. I'll skim them. I don't read them. And what that does is it's like hibernates my my brain so that I skim the notes and I can recall, Mm. boot my mind back up from the conversation before. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I was watching one of your interviews with Dr. Barkley where he talks about, it escaped my mind. I'm thinking performance versus, what did he call it? Performance versus activation or-
1: Yeah, it'll come to you. But in this moment- what I just want you to know is you had a thought in your mind, yeah, right? And clearly. you were manipulating other thoughts and it disappeared. It escaped your working memory. In other words, your computer got unplugged. So anytime you're walking into a room and you've got a thought, but you start thinking about something else, you're holding those thoughts and sequencing them for different times. And when you forget about it, that's working memory. That's ADD. Yep.
0: Yeah, and it was knowledge versus performance. It's you learn something. Yep. yep. And then you want to go apply it, just like I just yep. did. Now I couldn't apply it. I was like, "Where the yep. hell did it come from?" And that also ties into what you said about being in a room and interrupting people, because what happens five minutes later, I'll remember it, and then I'm yep. going to interrupt you because now I got to tell you because it's going to flee again. Yep.
1: So yeah, so let's let's talk about this dynamic and how it plays out. And and you know, in our last recording on uh, mindset, I talked about how at the end of the day, when you ADSU is an issue, it's a problem that you've got to solve. In order to solve that problem, you've got to know what you're solving for. And you've got to go out and you've got to identify all the relevant variables, the known, the unknown, the tangible, the intangible, and you've got to sequence those variables together. Basically, what you have to do is you have to derive an equation, like a word problem. We hated word problems. Mm -hmm. The problem with deriving equations is you don't know what's relevant, not relevant, but once we have the equation, we can solve for it. And everybody out there wants the equation, but the reality of it is, You've got, to, you've got to come up with your equation on your own. So let's talk about how this plays out. You're in a social setting. And Kathy, there's a conversation that's going on that's just igniting your brain. You're excited about this. And you're listening to the conversation and somebody says something, it triggers a thought. It comes into your mind. and You're like, you feel really good about this thought. You haven't thought through it yet. Now in that moment, you have to make a decision. Either I pay attention to what everybody else is saying. And it's maybe moving away from that thought and there's a good chance I'll forget it, just like you, um, you forgot the concept with Dr. Barkley. Or what happens often is you're so excited that you have a self-regulation problem. Now you blurt all over everybody because you're excited and you start talking. Everybody felt like, wait a second, what are you doing? The other option that you have is to say, hey, I got an idea. Can I unpack it right now? It's the same as before, but at least you're asking for permission, or you might write a couple buzzwords down to relieve it from your working memory so you can come back to it. Now, we've, I've, I've done four different scenarios. Each one of those would be appropriate in a different setting. So there's not one solution to fit all. Sometimes you sit there and say, you know, this is a great conversation. Maybe they're not time and place. I'll just let it go. Other times you'll say, no, I've got to do this. Other times you'll write it down. What your response is really should depend on the scenario. And the reason I like to help people understand it this way is it's they're solving the problem from the inside of their head out, not somebody saying you got to write it down every time, which, by the way, when you have that thought and it's there and you don't have a piece of paper and a pencil and you've got to go find the piece of paper and pencil and you're so obsessed with that, sometimes you'll forget the thought, just finding Mm -hmm. it to write it down. So that's a practical way all this plays out. And as you begin to understand, this is an executive functioning issue, it looks like a focus problem, and it is, but the root of it is working memory. And as I say that, if you're not solving for the working memory problem, you can deal with the symptoms, but you're not really going to resolve it. Make sense?
0: Absolutely. And speaking of notes and stuff, can we talk about technology and, you know, all the bombardments of, hey, Kathy, try this app. Oh, I got this other app. And when I see it, I'm like, guys, I don't like these apps. They don't work for me because it's out of sight, out of mind. I, I can't do it. So I, I kind of know what works for me now. But can you talk about that? Technology and working memory.
1: So first of all, I wanted to introduce this concept here. And that is uh, Dr. Thomas Brown once said, it doesn't really matter with the context. It's like watching a basketball game through a telescope. Imagine you're in the stands, and you're in a telescope, and you're just look, looking at like two inch square of a basketball court. And every once in a while, you see a flurry of activity from the players run, you see that, but you don't really know a basketball game's coming on. And so a lot of times people with ADHD working the visualized stuff, they've got to see like the entire calendar, like the week, not just two or three hours. And so we're starting to get into a working memory issue here. And with the technologies and stuff that we have, technology is great because you can capture information and send it to your future self when you need it, but it lacks visualization, some other things that are there. And so as a result of it, a lot of these apps and stuff are taxing to our working memory and are not very good. When I did that interview with Dr. Barkley, you know, we had this, we we were talking our way through working memory and said, you know, sometimes paper is high tech for people with ADHD because you can spread it all around. You can see it all at one time, but you can't on an app. And the, the problem in our society today is some people can deal with that, but Technology is being glamorized. And at the end of the day, it actually, it's being glamorized and people with ABS are going there, but sometimes they're going to the wrong thing. So I'll give you a case in point. This is just notes that I had in preparing for this working memory. You can see that I highlighted this. When I was in college, I would highlight the book and I would highlight my notes and I would put them next to each other and my eyes could dart from, I would read something, I was comparing it to maybe something, a book and something from my notes. With technology today, If I've got a laptop, I might read some online textbook or whatever and read like a paragraph or a couple sentences. Now, I can't really highlight it, but let's just say I read it. Now I want to compare it. Now I've got to click on a browser and i got to scroll down and I'm looking for it. Now I read what I read, but now I have all these instructions that I'm holding this in my working memory. And when I get to find what I was looking for, I forgot what I had read. With piece of paper, my eyes just dart back and forth, and I don't have all those instructions. And so as I describe, kids in college these days have it more difficult because they're using their these tools that are glamorized, they're being forced to use that are taxing to their working memory. And this is where the conundrum comes in is there's everybody wants a tip, a trick, or a strategy, or an app. And sometimes it's not. It's you got you, you to free up your working memory. So corporate America has figured this out, where you got three, four, five monitors that are up for a person to see but kids in college they don't want to need that stuff it's too much of a hassle so as as kids are going into that they're going and they're using tools that are more challenging for their working memory but they're being told that this is more helpful to them Mm. and so it's it's a very negative type thing and i do a lot of like if you begin to understand working memory then you can understand this another issue is you know in learning institutions there's not a lot of printers around i've got a printer I mean, I print like there's, it's nobody's business because yep. I have to sit and spread it all out, whereas a lot of these people are inhibited from doing this. Again, printing the stuff out and spreading it all out, that is easier on your working memory than these other things. And so going back to the point is that technology is good, but not always for the sake of technology. And commonly, people with ADHD are moving to these and they're having difficulty because it's a working memory issue. And they're having difficulty toggling back and forth, et cetera. So I'm going to pause and see if you want to add anything to that.
0: Well, that's just the mic drop right there on that point, because it <laughs> validated so much for me there, because you're right. You should see my desk right now because of this conversation. There's sticky notes, there's papers, there's everywhere because so I could organize my thoughts and conversation with you yep. at my printer. I'm constantly buying ink like it's nobody's yep. business. Yep. There's there's tabs on my computer that are open, and I'm considering buying two other monitors. And what you're saying makes sense because I'm highly visual, but I'm also highly auditory. So I'm starting to buy even a hard copy book with an yep. audio book along with it because I need to listen to it. Which what it does also is it contains how much money I'm spending because <laughs> I can't be yep. doing that all the time. You're validating yep. is honor your processing way of yep. processing information. Yep.
1: It, it, so That's theres, three, there's f- number one is funny because you know what's really cool about books is they don't have social media on them. There's nothing to click when you're having a hard time with it. But as an aside, you brought something else that I want to highlight a part of working memory, and that is you have a bunch of tabs that are open. When you're retrieving knowledge, okay, no knowledge, when you're retrieving that, you're basically having to go back in your head and draw it up and bring it into your working memory. We have what I call free recall. And then there's what I call cued recall. Free recall is when, like, hey, what did Dr. Barkley say? And you reach back and you pull that out. Cued recall is there's a reminder or a trigger or a cue. So let's talk about this. Yeah. People with ADHD, I'll talk about how you know they're gonna go pack for a trip and they walk in and they're they struggle with that. Not everybody does this, but somebody without ADHD, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll visualize themselves on the trip, going through the trip. Oh, I'm getting on the airplane. I'm going to, it's going to be cold. I need to get a coat. I'm going to land. Oh, I've got a formal. I got to get a gown. Okay, I need to get hose. I got to get, da, 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 da. and they imagine themselves getting dressed, which cues them as to what to bring. That imaginary movie or picture, that's visual imagery, which is working memory. And people with ADHD have a hard time or they'll start to run that movie and they'll go to get something and they come back and they got to start the movie over over again because it evaporated. And so they struggle with that a little bit. And so cued recall is where you have that thing, that cues a reminder. So people with ADHD, sometimes they have everything out because if it's out of sight, out of mind, their working memory won't be able to draw it, but those are cued reminders. Now for some people, having that stuff out is a necessity to remember stuff other people, when that stuff is out, it reminds them of everything that they need to do and they can't focus. So, for them to study, everything's got to be put away. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a working memory issue. And when you go out into the world and you're looking for solutions, sometimes, like this is just a working memory, some people have to have it out to remember it, and some people have to move it away because it's a reminder and a burden of distraction for them to focus. We're talking about the same issue, but that's why finding what works for you is so different. And so we go back to the computer. A lot of people with ADHD have 50 or 75 tabs open because it reminds them of something that they were, they were in the middle of something. Maybe they got distracted or they got to a point and they've got some uh, ambiguity, they got to come back. But they keep all those tabs open because it's a reminder. If you close those tabs, you will forget it. But there's a reason that's taken place. I've also had, if you have ADHD and you have a lot of stuff on your desk, there's a reason that it's out. If you get a professional organizer to put it all away, it's only going to come out. The reason it's out is is it's a working memory aid. And so when you begin to understand that's why it's there, people say, well, what do I do? Well, let's make it look like it's supposed to be there or get a drape to put over it and blah, blah, blah. As opposed to keep thinking, I've got to put all this stuff away. And again, it's funny because in the work environment, I don't mean to kind of get off tangent, but working memory sometimes is recalling something. So I was coaching somebody the other day and we're talking about with COVID and the pandemic about how difficult it is to work from home. And there's this invisible stuff with regard to working memory. And she she acknowledged, she said, you know, I realized today that when I was in the office and I would forget a step and a procedure. I would just lean over and ask my coworker and I would have the answer within two seconds and I'd be on my way. Now I'm home and I hit that wall. I can text my coworker, but they're distracted, da da da. And then I get up and get a cup of coffee and I never make it back because I don't remember it. And I don't really know where to go get the answer. So what was a two second answer in the office? Now is an hour's worth of research that's exhausting Mm-hmm. And so you never get back to it. This is an invisible thing because when I talk to people, they say I need an accountability partner. Well, sometimes it's not, it's just somebody you can lean over to and talk to and think out loud because remember working memory is not only visual imagery, but it's self-talk and people with ADHD often not to talk is not to think. So when I gave you those five words, I said, please don't write them down because mm-hmm. it would have relieved your mind of remembering. I also said, don't repeat the word after me if you feel that urge. Because if you did, it would make it easier. So a lot of people with ADHD, they have a tendency to think out loud. They're not talking, they're thinking. And people get confused with some of that stuff. And I've had a lot of people with ADHD is like, listen, you just, you have a problem. Get up from your desk and go to say, can I talk out loud for a second? It's a game changer for some people. Again, this is a working memory issue. And as I say, it's the elephant in the room when it comes to ADHD, because it's it doesn't appear, it doesn't look like something. It's an intangible but if you're having a hard time thinking, that's when you escape and go do something else. So I'm going to kind of pause and kind of let you. I sh-
0: want to repeat the. Thoughts. I want to repeat the phrase: "Not to talk is not to think. Not to talk yep. is not to think." That is like so true on so many levels, and that's one of the benefits I think of of some sort of a mastermind coaching something where you're part of a place where you can actually talk out these thoughts yep. and. And when you told me don't don't repeat them back, I'm like, crap. So as you were doing that exercise with me in the beginning, you were eliminating all the things that I do to keep things remembering. I'm like, great. Yep. What else? What else <laughs> is there? So then yep. I went into visualization. So I was actually, as you were saying the, the animals, I was imagining them on my fingertips and I was imagining their their what they look like. So I yep. went into my visual like hardcore to, to hold yep. on to that visual. So that, yep. that's pretty profound because you took away my talking.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, I did that on purpose. And, and, and yeah. so it's, it's funny because as an attention coach and even our last show, I tried to help everybody understand the process of attention. So we talked about the process of shifting mindset. Today, I'm talking about the process of working memory. And I'm going to say that because everybody's brain's different. And Kathy, when I've done that exercise with the five words, I've asked people, how do you remember it? I've heard, I could remember the words because I could hear your voice echoing in my head. I've heard, oh, because I imagine a teacher with a bumblebee flying around her head and a zebra, a kangaroo, and hippopotamus in the chairs. I had other people say, I could just, I could see the motion picture of them running. One woman said I could remember them based off a smell. Wow. My point in all this stuff is, is we all, our brains are all very, very different, but the process is the same. And this is all working memory. And one of the reasons why I'm talking about this is what, solution works for your working memory depends on the situational variability, which goes back to the idea of problem solving that we talked about last time. And one of the reasons why I like to help people understand the role working memory plays is you can deal with it at that point in time. I'm not procrastinating. I just don't want to keep starting over again. So I need to schedule a time when I have uninterrupted time where I can do that. Make sense? I love it. One other concept I want to kind of again, I know we're kind of pressing for time yeah, is that's okay. I got this from Dr. Russell Barkley. It's a great metaphor, and that is think of your working memory too in the context of a GPS. When you put in the address into a GPS, that's our destination. And what it does is calculates the route for us to get there. Working memory is like, okay, today I'm going to do this, and when you you look at your day, you calculate your route. Well, the fact of the matter is if I was going to go to a friend's house for a birthday party, I might put inside 30 minutes away. So it's a two o'clock birthday party. So I leave at 1.30, but I get into the car and all of a sudden I look down, there's a light, I need gas, okay? Now that's new information that kind of came in. Now I have to detour myself to go get the gas before I get back on the route. So I detour to get the gas and I'm going on and there's an accident. Now I've got to detour around the accident. And then I'm driving along. And I look up and I see a billboard with a thing of champagne that cues my working memory that I need to get a card. So now I got to reroute to get the card on my way there. Working memory is one of those things where we go through our day and we are processing our day and constantly we are getting other information that's coming on that's detouring us along our way. And a lot of times people with ADHD, they look at and they go, I need to have a plan as if you're not going to get detoured. And it's it's a little bit of a fallacy in some jobs, because some jobs you can do this in or some life you can, but other times you can't. And I see a lot of people not acknowledging that that's what this is. And they're getting frustrated because they're trying to control something that they kind of can't control, as opposed to this is where I'm going to go. I need to expect detours along the way and be able to be more malleable with it and deal with the changes. Because again, our working memory is constantly changing based off of new parameters.
0: You know, what? the thought that comes to my mind as you're saying that I, I came to this visual of no wonder that by the end of the day, we are freaking exhausted. Because of all of these cues of this, and I got to remember this and decision making fatigue and and all these choices. And if this the underlying issue is this working memory and then emotional regulation and all of that stuff. No wonder we're constantly fatigued like people. Let's acknowledge that.
1: So so everybody's listening to this hey Jeff this is great but what do I do so at the end of the day now we begin to understand why people with ADHD need to externalize everything now we understand why when they sit down and they start a project and it's half done there's two reasons they leave everything out one it's too much to put it all away but number two when they come back there's visual clues where they left off so their mind doesn't have to boot all the way back up it's kind of like you pull it out of sleep kind of like when I dictate Mm -hmm. So that's one reason they do that. Now we begin to understand why a lot of times they have to talk. Like I have a lot of people, the planning process of their day is not looking at the calendar. It's talking to somebody about their calendar. Yes. Because they're using their working memory. It's not the calendar that's working. It's the talking out loud about the calendar. Now we begin to understand why a lot of times somebody with ADCs, and then they solve their own problem. They're not talking to you. They're thinking out loud. But they don't know that and they're suppressing it. All of a sudden, the world changes in terms of what you should do, what you shouldn't do. We also begin to know why, like my son doesn't have ADD, but when he was in high school, he was very busy and there was a two foot pile of crap in front of the door because it was a a visual cue for him to remind to take all that stuff with him, whenever he went. It it wasn't very visually appealing, but it was flawless for him. And anytime he needed to do something, he put it there because it was in his way to where he was gonna go. So understanding this, you begin to understand why all that stuff works, why it is now we can work with your ADHD and not against it. I love it.
0: I love it. You remind me of the movie Momentum, the lead character in there. Every morning he wakes up and he has sticky notes on his mirror because he doesn't remember who he is and what he's done yesterday. So those sticky notes are always like, this is where you left off. This is what you're going to do next. So be a lead character of the movie Momentum and just
1: Sticky notes, everything. So, If I I will, if you begin to understand this and you begin to watch your behavior, because I have people with ADHD, like I got lists all over the place. Mm -hmm. I go, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. When you have that thought or the idea and you write it down, that's great because idea came to your working memory and at point of performance, you wrote it down. So no longer you have to worry about holding that thought. The problem is how do you get that thought to your future self Mm -hmm. when you need it? And the issue really is, is if you have notes and they're all commingled with the different items, you actually have to kind of take them and put them. And I've had people before like, let's just not put them on a sheet of paper. Let's write it on a post-it note because we can then take the post-it note and put it at the desk, put it in the ref- mirror in the refrigerator, put it into the car so we can get it to the place in the future where our future self might need it. Yep. it's a it's a great. Technology, people will go to that, but we've already talked about that. But something as simple as just change the tool. You're doing a really good job writing those notes down. Let's just start to put them on a Post-it note individually so we can put it where our future self is going to be. Now, you still have to get it there. But the idea really is we just tweak in a small little system, but we're champing and celebrating the fact that you're writing it down because that's a great strategy for working memory. You read any book, point of performance, you have the idea, get it down. We just need to think of a different tool. Make sense. I love it. Leave breadcrumbs all over the place.
0: Be easy on yourself. It's this, it's a science thing. It's not a you're yep. you're broken in any way thing. It's just this is how your brain is wired. Yep. And that that you know, the without not talking it, it's it's just it's not gonna work. You gotta talk it out. I love it. Yep.
1: Which which is why COVID is so difficult for people with ADHD, yes. because they're all working from home and there's nobody for them to talk out loud to, so that simple thing that you forgot where you normally get a two second solution is now an hour of ambiguity and you're up escaping and you never make it back. And it's built into the work environment. And so it's very difficult to solve for because Mm -hmm. people with ADC are being bullied right now to just be able to function. And they've lost all that structure of just having somebody to lean over to and ask a simple question.
0: It reminds me of project management too, around approach this with the mindset of I'm going to keep changing it in a in a project management style of this this is you're going to do things in sprints you're going to you know be agile about it you're going to keep changing yep. it evaluate does this kind of note taking work no it doesn't let me switch it around so that you're not sticking to well it works for sally why doesn't it work for me because yep. sally's brain is different than yours even though yep. you're both adhd it doesn't matter so thank you so much jeff this is like we could talk for hours but then also i know the working memory and you just dropped a whole bunch of good stuff in here so i welcome uh, our listeners to come back and listen to this again and again because there's yes. different pieces of this that jeff touched on that in different situations in your life, you can go grab it and say, okay, oh, I'm going to go back and grab a new nugget that Jeff talked about. So I appreciate you, Jeff, as always, all the amazing work that you do. What's the easiest way that people can find you, Jeff?
1: Just my uh, website, digcoaching.com, or, you know, like to talk, just call it 762-ADD-ADHD. Real easy to remember.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's an it's an honor. Until next time, folks, keep on shining and keep on talking. This episode was brought to you by my very first online lesson called 6 factors that impact your productivity. I'm excited to be launching this and sharing this with you. So, if you are struggling with productivity in your tasks, and your day-to-day managing of the tasks, I encourage you to go into the show notes and click on the link on the mini course. It's about 20 minutes long where you get to learn the six factors that have a direct influence in the way you show up at work and the way you go about your tasks. It's about 20 minutes long. It comes with a worksheet and you can listen along and work along with it. And it's one of those tools that is really powerful, simple, but yet powerful and practical and put it into use right away. So head over to the show notes and get access to the free mini lesson from my website. See you there.